Busy making Matt Walsh's life a miserable nightmare. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I think you got it. That's that's causation versus versus correlation. She is there, and his life is a miserable shithole. So, and you're listening. And you're to, listening to Part in the Insurrection podcast. This episode of Part of the Insurrection <laughs> is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. The CEO, Colin, supports presidents who don't get indicted. So if you want to buy sheets from insurrectionists, you can buy crappy pillows from Mike Lindell. But if you want to support democracy, please purchase some amazingly soft sheets, pillows, or mattresses from Sheets and Giggles. Um, again, I can't describe the quality of said sheets, but I hear they're fantastic uh, because Colin has, has yet to send us. Our, our, We're our waiting sheets. for our sheets. Trust me, if you pay for your sheets, you'll get them in uh, an expedient fashion. Uh, anyway, yeah, but so- we haven't, so we're just gonna giggle about it. <laughs> <laughs> sheets and giggles. Happy Arrestmas, everyone! Uh, Arrestmas for the rest of us, is <laughs> as George Costanza would say. Uh- <laughs> Arraignment day, arraignment day, etc., etc. Okay. I thought there was more to the song than that. There was, but it's already recorded from when you went away before and I started singing dumb shit. Oh, so I'll have to like go back and edit this. Okay, great. That's good to know. You don't have to. I don't care. (laughs) I don't remember the song I made up. Look, I I, got to admit, I'll admit off the bat, I've had, um, you know, a couple drinks too many already. So um, if I don't make any any sense during this podcast, you'll know what had happened. Uh, what had happened was alcohol. Uh, drink in moderation, people. Drink responsibly. Um, yeah, but so anyone listening to this podcast, if you were called unawares, today was arraignment day. Uh, and if you don't know what I mean by arraignment day, again, it's like the, the first time in the history a former president of the United States was was basically arrested. Uh, and, and he pled not guilty. Uh, even though we all know that to be a lie. <laughs> I don't, if anyone's listening to this podcast and like, you don't know the details of, of these particular charges already. Look, I, I don't know what to tell you. The dude uh, lied on his financial statements about some uh, payments that were made to a porn star that he had a tryst with, uh, he, as opposed to having those paid through his, you know, his personal finances. I mean, he basically, Covered up an affair that probably would have tanked his campaign at the time in 2016. And and that's the nature of these charges. I mean, whoop-de-doo. It, it doesn't sound like a big deal, right? Well, you be fucking wrong. It's a humongous fucking deal. Oh, holy shit, man. Oh, the people who are trying to downplay this. I'm like, just just imagine if like President Biden had the the Biden organization 
uh, <laughs> funnel, you know, funds through his personal lawyer. And, and again, like we don't even know who, who Biden's lawyers are <laughs> to pay off. Well, like, I wonder why that is. It's almost as though he's not being sued left and right and not embroiled in, a, in all sorts of legal battles. And, and not, uh, yeah, not going on like massive crime sprees through the course of his presidency. Yeah. So he just certainly to, isn't being indicted for anything. Like no. imagine if the, the Biden, uh, organization had been like laundering funds through his company to pay off, you know, Jada fire uh, to keep her quiet as uh, uh, about a tryst that they had. So as to not tank his election, that'd be a huge fucking deal. Now that's just a, that's just a hypothetical, right? You're not making any uh, damaging accusations about the president, right? Okay. Look, look, we can all be honest with ourselves. Like, You've all seen Jill Biden's booty. So you you know what kind of girls he's into. Um anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh oh, yes. So sorry. <laughs> these the Off the, the actual body of the indictment itself. Do you said that everyone's already heard all the uh legal analysis and I don't really have any of the indictment itself. It has the 30 34 counts. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah. 34 felony counts, mainly all of uh, falsifying business documents. And yes. if you actually read the indictment, it's here. I will read one count. And the grand jury aforesaid by this indictment further accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree in violation of penal law 175.1. I don't know how those are. Uh, how you read those out loud, by the way. Honey, Even please don't I went read. to law school. Don't Committed read the actual follows. fucking statutes. <laughs> I'm not. It's not a statute. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to read the statute. You meant the name of the statute. Yes, don't read the name of the statute. I don't have the I don't have the law books open. Um the defendant in the county of New York and elsewhere on or about February 14th, 2017. Oh, Valentine's Day, with the intent to defraud and the intent to commit. Another crime and aid in and conceal the commission thereof made and caused a false entry into the business record of an enterprise to wit an entry in the detailed general ledger for Donald J. Trump revocable trust bearing voucher number 842460 and kept and maintained by the Trump organization. So there are 33 others of these that say something very similar. Some of them mention Michael Cohen um, as as that the. that the instrument, the financial instrument was in the form of an invoice from Michael Cohen or other payments made to or from him. So it goes on. It just lists like check numbers, essentially. It lists 34 check numbers and each of them is a separate felony charge. Right. Um, well, related also- to Stormy Daniels payments and well, possibly some other women that I'm just hearing about today. Yeah. There are some other payments funneled through, uh, well, David Peckers, you can, I guess you can call it a media outlet, uh, that involved payments to Stephanie Clifford to keep an, a, an affair with her quiet and, and also a payment to the doorman involving an, um, unspecified child that, that Donald Trump supposedly fathered with like the nanny or something. Um, people out there have been saying that, so that his doorman. Yes, his doorman. Um, there okay. are some people out there speculating as to the name, uh, the name, well, the person uh, that that Donald Trump fathered out of wedlock, uh, and they have mentioned Van Jones. I don't know if that's accurate or not. 
Jones. Like uh, allegedly. Reckless speculation. <laughs> ben Jones. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just you just remembered who Van Jones is. Yes. <laughs> the joke is that Van Jones is if anyone oh, no. if anyone misses the joke. No, oh, I'm editing no. that out. They're not I'm not gonna oh. tell them. Yes, please. Anyone out here listening, if you don't know who Van Jones is, just just hit the Google machine, bring that up, type in Van Jones, click enter and see what comes up. That'll be a pleasant surprise and a shock. Um, it's someone who's definitely probably Trump's son. No, the joke the joke is there. He is that Van Jones, you know, pretends to be some kind of yeah, uh, I, I don't know liberal spokesperson for. Uh, I don't want to say that he is a spokesperson for black people, but that's like the mantle he's assumed for himself. But yet he is regularly defending Trump and like was collaborating with Trump while he was in office anyway. That's the joke. That is the joke there. That's so, the joke. Yeah, I, I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this has already popped their champagne and they're like knee deep in alcohol. Y'all lit AF, right? After watching that Trump perp walk, that was fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen a more delightful sight. <laughs> Carol also hasn't seen a more delightful sight. And, you know, she's got a couple of wonderful kids. Um, <laughs> yes, but the loveliest sight of all was apparently this thing that <laughs> I totally watched. I mean, it was, yes, it was funny to see the uh, door slam in his face. Yeah, we missed out on like the, the mug shot, but, you know, Trump didn't waste any time or at least rather his 2024 presidential campaign didn't waste any time printing up T-shirts uh, of a fake mug shot of Trump holding up a. Uh, a, a name tag of you know president 45 slash 47 because he doesn't know the way presidents work i i, I guess it, he imagines that if he is re-elected in 24 he'll be the 47th president <laughs> Carol. yeah i mean that's Look ridiculous i'm sorry face. i'm not i'm not commenting <laughs> the look on your face you're like he can't possibly be that. Yeah, he's that. He's he's that fucking stupid. Yep, happy times. Um, <laughs> yeah, look. yeah, he's gonna be a different guy that time. <laughs> so he can he can. Um, uh, look. So if you want like unending legal analysis, you have like you know twelve straight hours of of MSNBC for that. I guess like we can get into. Maybe a couple of key points, key takeaways from this. I think one of the major takeaways is is that um, these charges His against Trump is going to prison. Well, okay, that maybe not for this. <laughs> we actually don't know whether or not Trump will go to prison. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but first of all, so uh, these these counts of falsifying records generally are charged as a misdemeanor unless they're basically in furtherance of covering up another crime. And the underlying one of the underlying crimes in this particular instance, uh, Bragg has assessed to be influencing the the 2016 election. Um, and one of the arguments Trump's team is probably going to make is that Trump wasn't making these payments to cover up. Uh, necessarily anything that might be damaging to the election, but was trying to hide it from his wife, Melania. Oh, well, uh, the two problems with that seem to be that Melania, well, one, Melania was already aware. Um, and then two, there's documented evidence. 
that Trump basically told Michael Cohen to delay paying off Stormy Daniels as long as possible, because if he could delay it until after the election, that they wouldn't have to pay her because he wouldn't care if she went public at that point or not. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I can't wait to see the actual briefs. Yeah, Carol, were you unaware of that information? Yeah, that's fun times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's it's probably going to be fairly difficult to argue that that the payments weren't election related when, you know, that's. That's something that's on the record. Um, another- and you know what else will make it difficult to argue is that his attorneys are hacks. Well, that yeah, that's another issue. So one of one of Trump's attorneys in on this matter, Tacopina, um, which he probably you know we assume he's likely to call tapioca. Uh, well, first of all, tapioca has some. I'm calling him tapioca. Tacopina has some. Um, conflict of interest in issues because it seems that back in 2016 or it might have even been 2017 i'm not exactly i can't remember the date off the top of my head uh, it appears stormy daniels had contacted his law firm seeking some representation in in this particular matter and may or may not have gotten to the point where and a you know attorney client privilege agreement was established well rather attorney client privilege was established between the two of them and uh you know right a they would have to decide whether the information that he had learned from stormy daniels whatever brief period they had of intake of consideration um for using him as the attorney um it would have to be minimal enough or not relevant relevant enough to the case and it seems like it's the same case (laughs) so it sounds like a conflict but there's lots of those sorts of factors that go into determining whether something is a conflict um the other party here stormy could have waived the conflict um but a lot of the time it's not required here it seems like it should have been huh what do you think right well yeah look first of all it's it's stormy's privilege to waive like Tacopina can't waive that privilege for her. Uh, I guess, I don't know. This will be sorted out in court. Obviously he won't be able to, it will, if Stormy's called as a witness, he won't be able to cross examine her. But also, I mean, to be in fairness to Trump, I like, I, I know that's, <laughs> that's probably a tough thing for anyone to swallow who wants to be fair to this motherfucker, considering all the, the problems he's caused. But in fairness to Trump, Trump also deserves representation that, that isn't subject to a conflict of interest as well. Um, so he should also have the opportunity to waive Takapina. Obviously he won't like, I'm sure that the only reason he hired Takapina in the first place is because he believed Takapina had some like inside information about Stormy Daniels. Thanks to their relationship as her attorney. Or it's just like, if he ever wants to work again in the legal profession, you know, he's not going to, divulge her information i get it still seems like a conflict and a lot of the thing about um conflicts and ethics laws in general is it's not just it's um the language they use is the impropriety or the appearance of impropriety um so it's not just like if you know something's wrong it's like just see just making it seem like something's wrong is like enough for, for uh, yeah, would reprisal. a reasonable person <laughs> would a reasonable person be able to infer just from the appearance of these matters that he, 
that Taco Pina had a conflict of interest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, apart from that, one of the other issues Trump is going to have because these generally speaking misdemeanor charges were elevated to a felony is that Bragg also mentioned like the tax implications. Uh, we don't have to get knee deep into that, but Trump repaid Michael Cohen through his organization and, and basically grossed up the payments to account for whatever taxes Cohen would incur. Like, I, I mean, it becomes tax fraud at that point. So he's going to have to deal with that issue. And I guess the third issue, oh my God, what was the other one? <laughs> I've totally forgotten. Well, it's not that fucking important. The most important aspect of all this is lock him up, lock him up, lock his ass up. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the third thing? Yes, lock him up. Well, he's got lots of shit going on. Yeah, <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the Schadenfreude part because I feel like that won the survey. Um, it yeah, was it fun when people the were people... like, "We're going to come to New York and we're going to stand up for for Donald J. Trump," and then they got there and everyone was like, "Fuck you, Marge!" And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, she was, was like, great. "The people of New York are communist beasts. They're so communists. They're so communist that they." Uh, I'll pay for $4,000 a month, one bedroom apartments from their jobs at Goldman Sachs. <laughs> like, communists. Yeah. So the only two prominent Republic or elected Republican officials who showed up in New York today to protest the arraignment of one Donald J. Trump were, you guessed it, Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos. I mean, oh, that actually kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> I think um, Tuckums' son was there. Yeah, well, he's not important. No one gives a fuck. I know. I I just like making fun of him. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, won't say his name and give him the satisfaction. Marge showed up to cause a ruckus and stir the fucking pot. Uh, But basically, she showed up in New York to suck Trump off. And much like Stormy Daniels, it only lasted a couple of minutes. Well, they drowned that bitch out. And I'm sorry, I don't like to call other women that, but no, it's okay. she, she tried to dismantle my society and like it would have ended in disastrous consequences for like everyone I love. So, you know, fuck her. Okay, here's the thing, Carol. You know how like I, I guess this is this will make it sound a little more fair. You know how there's like the stereotype when women are like all men are dogs, and you're like, uh, not every man is a dog. You know, not that we need to defend men because men be fucking up. But but some men are actually dogs. So it's like in some cases it's fair. Well, it's the same thing with Marjorie Taylor Marjorie Green. In some cases, bitches do exist. So don't don't feel bad about uh, using derogatory language in in reference to Marjorie Greene. You'd be accurate. You're you you're doing a better journalistic endeavor, uh, a more accurate and journalistic endeavor than Leslie Stahl was. So pat yourself on the back. You should be on <sighs> sixty minutes. Um. Yeah. So that she can have one minute. <laughs> <laughs> I will do one minute with her. <laughs> No immediate. No, I guess I would need more than one. It should have been. Her. Yeah, it was. It should have been one minute of Marjorie Green, and then fifty-nine minutes. I would have said "bitch" too many times, and people would have been like, "You this vulgar Jew." 
That's okay. okay. 60, that. 60 minutes ratings. It felt like 33% or something um, thanks to that episode. So they kind of got what they were asking for. Or at least they got what they deserved. Yep. So fuck Marge, uh, George Santos. I mean, like, I, I think we did like so many episodes of the podcast on how fake and fraudulent like, that fucker is. Like, of course, he showed up to defend Trump. Like, they're, you know, two of a kind. Two of a kind. Well, um, it's funnier for him because, like, you know, she must have expected this to a certain extent. Maybe she was planning on it. I don't know to rile up her base. Like, oh, they were so mean to me. Um. Anyway, <laughs> she probably knew this would happen because she was like, "I am going to peacefully protest using my voice." And then she'll be like, "They suppressed my voice, my First Amendment rights." Okay. Um, well, here's the funny anyway. part about that: like the guy who drowned her out by passing around all the whistles, uh, he was Republican, and he didn't even know she was going to be there. <laughs> That's really funny. The whistles were just oh to celebrate. God, yeah, I mean, the whistles were to protest Trump's arraignment, but they also ended up drowning out Marjorie Green. So there you go. Um, you know, ab- stabbed in the back by by her own. Well, people. also you had Jamal Bowman there, just screaming at her. Oh, uh, that was also fantastic. Yeah, he he kind of lit into her ass and deservedly so. And then he was like, "While you're at it, like pass some gun control legislation," which I thought was fitting. Uh, given what's happening I just, here. I just like that he yelled at the, you. Like, it's a video. You can't really see him. So, no, he, but you can hear him clearly. for those videos. And he says, this is Congressman Jamal Bowman. I'm like, oh, that's who was yelling. Oh, no, it's going to be in his 2024 <laughs> campaign ad for sure. Like, he's holding down the fort. And if I, you know, lived in his district, I would vote for him. I'd vote for him. Um, Yeah. Party time. Uh, Let's see what else we got going on here in this, you know, the main takeaways from all this shit. Um, So, look, he was allowed to go back to Florida. Some bullshit. uh, Well, yeah, he went back to Florida and then he immediately held a press conference in him where he ranted and raved about some more insane shit. Um, I won't get into like no one needs to hear the things that he said, like repeated. He's begging for a gag order at this point. And, and I guess and never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. Totally fair. That's um, the expression. But the last time he was gagged, it it ended up costing him one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and then he ended up in a prison. And he was about to lose his freedom. Yeah, party time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't go googling up that Trump press conference for today. It's insane. It's not worth your time. But uh, one of the things. I get the one of the few noteworthy comments Trump made from that uh, debacle uh, was the admission that he's under investigation for espionage. Uh, so he could possibly be facing the death penalty if if he's indicted and convicted on that charge by Jack Smith. So fun time. Didn't he bring back death by firing squad? Yeah, that was one of the little things him and Bill Barr cooked up in their, their last few months in off, uh, office after the 2020 election, uh, the department of justice co-signed, you know, death by hanging slash firing squad. So he brought it back. I love um, how his supporters like can see decisions like that and be like, Things were about to go really uphill from here. <laughs> like making making executing your political enemies legal is like a really good sign. I'm so glad I voted for this guy. Well, as you want to notice at this point, <laughs> like Trump is very keen on making decisions that come back to bite him in the ass. 
Um, one such decision, and this is really funny, is the decision to have Bill Barr kill the SDNY investigation into these payments because if Trump had been charged federally, he he could have, you know, pardoned himself or say if if someone, you know, if a Republican wins the presidency back in 2024, they could issue a federal pardon to Trump. But no, he had a bill bar had SDI uh, basically kill off the investigation in their department. And it, that left it to brag to bring those charges uh, here this week. So if he's convicted in in Manhattan, those are state crimes. They are not pardonable by a president of the United States. So he fucked himself yet again. I'm not an expert on game theory. There's like some general principles involved in in like gaming out these the potential consequences of these scenarios. And that was a pretty fucking obvious one that like no one had considered like, well, what if he's not charged by the Department of Justice and is instead, you know, charged by a state or local government? Then what the fuck is Trump supposed to do? These are questions no one, no one in the White House bothered to ask themselves because, because, you know, they, didn't, they just don't think this shit through. But yeah, congratulations, guys. That That's what you get for obstructing an investigation. Then you got charges this motherfucker can't escape from. Yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, as they say. <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer insurrectionist. Um, yeah, so another insane thing that happened post-arraignment, uh, Don Jr. posting pictures of, of the judge's daughter on truth, well, you know, untruth social. <laughs> Carol, they're begging to be gagged. Um as they often do, I'm sure. Let's ask Kim. Let's call Kim right now. I'm sure she has nothing better to do, certainly oh, not. Oh man. Junior. Uh just hand I mean, Democrat show trial. The BS never ends, folks. Daughter of judge on Trump case worked on Biden-Harris campaign. Yeah, no one's been begged to be gagged like this since Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, (laughs) They're really asking for it. I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, I guess like I can step in and help that girl file a protective order. (laughs) If the judge has has to give a protective order. Yeah, I guess she already knows the judge, so never mind. uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't think she even has to ask. The judge will probably take this into his own hands. I mean, this these people are insane. Um, I mean, obviously the intent here is to incite some level of violence and intimidate the judge, but I don't think this is the way to go about it for a couple of reasons. One, largely because uh, Trump's followers think that like any incitement to violence is an op. But it's Trump and his family doing the incitement. So that would logically infer that that Trump is part of the op, but they don't ever like again, game theory here, people like just take it to the <laughs> next logical con- conclusion. Like, I, I, I don't know. But but the other issue is like <laughs> I think I guess Trump thinks it's very clever of him to not do the dirty work himself. It's very mob family ish. You know, have your son out here, you know, threatening, basically threatening the judge and his family. I mean, this, this, this is well, now they can add, they can add, you know, intimidation and 
all this shit uh, to the list. Uh, yeah, I mean, they keep keep trying, keep trying, keep keep uh keep helping us out. They're potentially okay. asking for more criminal charges here. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Okay, I shouldn't say helping us out. I don't want like some innocent girl to be threatened. No, I mean, <sighs> but oh. he's not helping himself. Let's say that. No, he's definitely not helping himself here. I mean, I guess the the point is to the intimate. It's look, man, y'all watch these fucking you know NCIS or The Wire and shit, where they're like people are trying to intimidate the jury or the judge or whatever the fuck. Like uh, this is this is clear behavior in line with with like some TV show type shit. Um, just it's it's bad business. It it's it's literally Breaking Bad. Yeah. Did um did any member so we're speaking about his kids were any of them at the arraignment by his side? Uh, well, you did know, did any of them show up for his kids that have been there? That would like have to imply in some way, shape, form, or fashion that Trump actually loves them, which I you know can't necessarily speak to. No, but um, you've seen Arrested Development, right? Where they're like, it's the arraignment. We have to look like a loving family for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trump's family couldn't even pull that off because well, I have a question for you, audience. They weren't can, there. Can any of you answer this question? Where was Melania? Oh, maybe Eric was there. Hmm. Was Eric there? I He's don't. Not on this list. Of I nobody don't, I don't was there. Believe so. No, yeah. just nobody cares enough to list him. <laughs> well, you're thinking of the other Trump. Not Ivanka, not Eric, not Don Jr., but the other one. No, Tiffany's um, on the list. Oh, she was there? Well, that's very No, surprising. the list of people who were not there. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, they. well, at least they bothered to list her. She, it's nice of her to finally be included in something. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, clearly Trump is having some marital issues. His, his wife isn't there to support him in, in this most difficult of times. And I'm taking uh, absolute joy and pleasure in, in it, it's out of this. It's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I will imagine the reason that they haven't divorced yet is because like, if they're, as long as they're married, uh, law enforcement can't force her to testify against her husband. <laughs> It's a marriage of le- it's it's a marriage of literal legal convenience. <laughs> hmm. oh, it's so good. Uh, it's know. probably also because you know she wants the money. She knows there's not much to gain in a divorce. I mean, what money? Yeah, right. Well, but she's still. I don't know. So she'd have to get a job. She doesn't have a job. The, the grift money, I guess. She still gets to live at Mar-a-Lago and be waited on with the staff. I'm sure she could pull off with OnlyFans. She doesn't necessarily have, you know what? I'm not going to denigrate Melania over her looks. So let me just pause. There's there. nothing wrong with suggesting that, but, well, unless you meant it to be denigrating, D. No, <laughs> I think we should move on. Well, you know, look, she still has. The, <laughs> she, I think we should move on. <laughs> I'm not going to denigrate Melania. She still has the breasticles for an OnlyFans. You know, she she paid top dollar for those and and they still seem to be in working condition or leases. You know, my evidence from that is from when she was first lady and her brawless appearances. Anyway, no one wants to hear about um, first lady tits, I guess. I mean, look, I've 
I've already talked about. I mean, Dr. you never Jill's know. Ass. I remember back in the '90s, there was a website called Hillary'sHair.com. No, there was, and it just like it would just be whatever her most recent hairstyle was, and it was like a blog format. Basically, it would just be like pictures of her hairstyles. Really? Yeah. You I, would, know, I, I, I didn't like regularly look at it, but it was like one of the only websites at the time that I knew about. So I was like, a website. I will admit Hillary was pretty fine back in the day. I know I see what Bill was thinking. Um, I mean, she's also like intimidatingly smart, um, smarter than him. Oh, absolutely. More. I mean, she she's only slightly less compelling than him, but that's because, you know, he has like a penis. (laughs) No. And an accent. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. He is notoriously famous for being extremely charming uh, and and captivating and whatnot. Hillary only losing out slightly in that department. I'm I like Hillary. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't a huge Bill Clinton fan back in the '90s, but I was also a teenager, right? So I've I've been, um, I don't know. I feel like I've been more inclined to. I, I don't know. I feel I like liked, um, I liked Bill Clinton as also uh, a teenager, but I was a white teenager. <laughs> I don't know if that made a difference. Probably. Yeah. But like I paid more attention to politics as an adult than I did as a teen. And so Hillary was more in the forefront uh, in that department after they left office than than Bill was. So there is that. Oh, you mean you didn't like actively like him, but you didn't dislike him necessarily yeah much not, of an opinion he was cool well i guess i don't say fan because like having fandom of political yeah uh, well, political yeah, candidates that, and yes it's not like a sports team where you're like putting on a jersey i'm just saying like as an individual well I mean, not if you're a democrat <laughs> yeah because we're not in a cult no nah, bill was fine he was okay and, and look I don't want to like relitigate the Clinton administration. Like, bro, yeah, it's, it's 2023 and Trump's going to prison. Let's focus on the most important aspects here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we'll see where the New York case goes, but it seems like, I don't know, the bits and pieces lately tell me that, I mean, Fannie Willis is probably pretty close to be being able, uh, being ready to indict Trump in Georgia and Fulton County on the election interference charges. We'll see. Yeah. I think these these things seem to be coming in. Um, I don't want to. <laughs> last time I made a coming in joke, you well, <laughs> I need to think of one that isn't also the name of a movie franchise. Um, yeah. Well, in, um, if you want to make a coming in joke, I mean, Stormy Daniels is right there. Um, so, look, Fanny Willis is kind of on. Well, she's not even working on her own timeline. The Georgia legislature legislature signed off on a bill that would allow them to remove any state or local prosecutor not doing what they want them to do. So it it basically gives them the power to use their political powers to punish prosecutors that go after Republicans. So she could potentially be removed from office if this, this bill hits the governor's desk, he signs it. And they put a board together to review whatever it is. Um, we'll basically review her investigation 
and and short circuit these charges that are coming against Trump and others involved in in that particular conspiracy. So she's she's got um a limited amount of time. Well, let's see. David Kemp probably feels pretty good about his his odds in those cases. <laughs> yeah, given that he was a witness, I mean, I'm not entirely certain he will actually sign off on that legislation. It it might be good for you know his political. He chances. probably wants Trump out of the way. Exactly. You know that's exactly what I'm thinking. He keeps getting him threatened, and he's a he's a total monster too, Ryan <laughs> Kemp. But like. You know, but based on his own self-interest, yes. he, he he would not be subject to those prosecutions, probably. And and he has a, a vested interest in getting those people out of the way who are because they keep fucking threatening him. Right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> probably in Kim's interest that these fuckers face some charges like they, it's it's possible that they could take his you know, future political ambitions if, if they're not out of the way. So I, it, who knows, but so apart from that, one of the other issues Willis is dealing with is there's basically a running clock on the grand jury as well. So I think they're impaneled until the, <laughs> is it the end of April? It might, might be May sometime. So she's got, you know, another month or so. Yeah. Remember last time when we thought that the grand jury was no longer impaneled and then we found out that they were, <laughs> that was fun. So apparently all means nothing, <laughs> but the deadline use, the, the unspoken deadline is important. She's, she's working. And I think that, I mean, Jack Smith seems to be moving at an aggressive pace as well. Um, okay, man, this might be actually too much. It, no, no. Uh, so of all the things, all the the criminal liability that that's heading Trump's direction, of course, this he's been arraigned in Manhattan, but given the way um, New York's New York's court systems work, he'll have plenty of opportunity to lay this well into 2024, if if not potentially a trial in 2025 after the election, if he's indicted by the special counsel. Uh, federal court, it, it moves a lot faster. I mean, generally, I assume that because the charges will be stemming from espionage related crimes that he'll be charged in D.C. And D.C. is famous for the expediency for which its federal courts move. Uh, I, I guess you could say it's affectionately known or referred to as the rocket docket. <laughs> and so if Trump is charged in the near future by special counsel Jack Smith's office. Even if that's the latest of the three jurisdictions to charge Trump, it might be the first place in which he is tried. So, so again, something to look forward to. Uh, I, I know this episode was supposed to be more shadow and fraud than legal analysis, given that I'm not a lawyer, but here we are. Um, and I'm a lawyer, but I'm not competent to just <laughs> analyze litigation stuff. And, you know, uh, Carol, don't tell them what kind of lawyer you are. They don't need to know. It's not important. I didn't say what kind of lawyer, lawyer I was. Lawyers are all the same. Yeah. You. I run a hair salon and, and cut hair and listen to people's problems <laughs> and give legal advice. <laughs> well, I don't, but I always wanted to do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there are some fun developments in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation, by the way. So 
What are those developments? One of the things that got <laughs> one of the leads that got buried today, thanks to the the media's obsession finally with, with Trump's criminal activity. It it only took 34 felony counts uh for the media to care about something as much as they cared about Hillary's emails. Um so the DC Circuit Court of Appeals today did not denied Trump's motion to block the testimony of Mark Meadows, Dan Scafino, uh, Luna, McAtee, Cuccinelli, Stephen Miller, and others from testifying uh, about one-sixth of Jack Smith's grand jury. Uh, I, I assume that Trump will appeal that, but that appeal will probably also be denied very soon, and I seriously doubt the Supreme Court will take that up. So all of those individuals closely associated with Trump who were intimately familiar with what Trump was planning for one six. They about to have to spill the fucking beans, yo. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm absolutely sure Mark Meadows will probably, well, you know, again, no one's more intimately familiar with, you know, Trump's plot on one six than Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff. I'm sure he will be claiming, uh, will invoking his fifth amendment privilege to not incriminate himself. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get too much out of Mark Meadows, I'm sure, because he doesn't really have a lot to gain. <laughs> I don't think they're going to knock much time <laughs> off of his sentence. I don't know. Look, if Mark... He could get some. He could get some leniency, but I don't think he's like off the hook. So he still thinks his best chance is to keep his mouth shut and or lie. It depends. Look, so we don't know what potential charges he'd be facing in the one one six investigation. I imagine that Mark Meadows... Just from looking at him, he doesn't seem like the type of individual who wants to spend any time in prison. Dude, anything that Trump is charged for, basically for the for January sixth, Mark Meadows will be charged for as a co-conspirator. Right. Well, that's the thing, you know. Generally, so all of the charges, <laughs> all of the charges. But the if if let's okay, Meadows won't testify against Trump without a cooperation agreement. I'm sure, uh, but we'd also have to have some idea of what it is specifically that Meadows would be charged with versus what he would, what lesser charges he would plead to in agreement uh, to cooperate against Trump and whether it would be worth it for Meadows to take the risk of being indicted as a co-conspirator versus cooperating. I, I, I don't know. You know what I just thought of, which would be like the ultimate poetic justice Go is Trump it. getting convicted for the death of Ashley Babbitt. <laughs> I was just thinking about the felony murder rule. <laughs> felony. I forget what the rule is called, but it's like if you. Once you're involved in the commission of a felony, if someone happens to be uh, lose their life, whether it was by your hand or otherwise, you are held. Right, that's the felony murder. That's how felony murder. Yeah, that'd just be the. Sorry, I got off into uh, speculation in my wild speculation in my own head about the kinds of charges. And they uh, included felony murder charges for the. For the people who died in the in the insurrection, in my head. All so, right, we, we've got, Mark we've got Meadows, two serious here, yeah. Carol. Carol, we need to celebrate. Show us your titties. That wasn't serious. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh no, the screen is just too <laughs> low. <laughs> okay, I was kidding. <laughs> you know. Carol lifted up her shirt, but you know, her, um, 
Anyway, it's not important. It was off screen. No, no, it is important at this point because, <laughs> <laughs> because now you only told the first part, not the second part that my camera is pointed too high for you to see anything.